0: Did you press record?
1: I sure did. <laughs> Remember
0: that one time that you didn't, and I was so mad.
1: And it was like, two and a half minutes of our lives, we'll never get back. Yeah, well, Where do
0: you think that my, time my went? My time is important. Where do you
1: think that time went?
0: <laughs> to the sands of time.
1: It went to the sands of time. Sounds <laughs> yeah, like a, you
0: guys know the sands of time. That
1: sounds like a hotel in old, old Las Vegas. It's, like, real t- sad looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, but, like, a
0: way big oversized uh, hourglass at yeah, the front. That's and the And also, like,
1: uh, like, Egyptian pharaoh design. But, but, like, but you're like, 1970s why? really, like, crappy looking. Gaudy. Yeah, just, like, there's no features on the face. Like, no one can figure out how to carve features. So you're just, like, that's an Egyptian Person.
0: Why is that related to?
1: Sands of Time? Yeah. Uh, because appropriation. Oh,
0: sand and desert. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I got, yeah. it, I got yeah. it. I got it. Have you seen the movie Aladdin? Because
1: appropriation. Have you seen the movie Aladdin? Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Anywho, uh, welcome to our podcast where we talk about time and sure,
0: a little. hotels
1: and <laughs> Vegas. cultural appropriation, Ish. sometimes. Uh, no, not really. Uh, this episode is going to be kind of different, don't worry. We're not going to skip the preamble. Uh, I've got some preamble updates for everybody.
0: Heavy on the ramble.
1: Ooh, nice. That's
0: why we call it a pramble.
1: But we th- we had a goal this year to write one article a month and yes. publish one article a month. Uh, because in 2020, we only published four new articles. And before that, we were publishing an article the like... I mean, at least probably one to two a month. Uh, and so also, one of
0: our core strategies of running our business and marketing is making sure that you have foundational, helpful content that is bringing organic traffic to your website. And we got to practice what we preach, y'all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is something that we will talk more about as we get into this uh, and why this article exists. But let's get to the preamble real quick. Let's oh, okay. Just What's preamble the preamble? The- What's up?
0: <laughs> That's all you have? What's up? What's up? What's up? hello
1: i uh, didn't get any feedback about anybody wanting to be called a cinnamon luller i'm sorry so we have okay, to scratch all, that from the. first of all
0: it was because people were like we thought that's what we've been called this whole time so they didn't feel the need to email you <laughs> oh but they're cinnamon lollers.
1: uh-huh the right? the people <laughs> the people who
0: somebody don't reach out. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it's a pun it's like roll it's like a cinnamon roll Mm -hmm. but there's many laughs and Uh then lol is like laugh out loud like you know yeah you've been on aim yeah instant messenger what's
1: the other acronym that lol stands for that like when lol was becoming big like our parents generation would use i'm
0: i'm i'm thinking of love you lots but it's like love us no but it's something there's like that. something
1: like that and i remember when my mom like first in, i was like, like that's not correct yeah. <laughs> that's the wrong use of that laugh
0: out loud um but and I so do... d- no excuse me yeah and so then it's like laugh out loud so it's like lol mm-hmm. and then if you, you just say yeah. lol and then just it's so like cinnamon know. roll but then it's like cinnamon mm-hmm, lollers.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you have to explain your we don't have
0: to explain no, but no, it's no. like you are no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but you don't have to. Right, but, but you are. Like yeah, I know, but it's like it's so good that you want to, you know? Is, is it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it is. Okay, well, that's okay. that's the preamble part of this. I had a cinnamon roll right before recording. Oh, just for are you sure it wasn't
0: a cinnamon and <laughs> the silence on your part was really key. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the that's the part you gotta really get into. Uh anyway, uh, just wanted, you know, to everyone to know that they are cinnamon rollers for life. You know, anybody yeah. anyone who got a cinnamon roller tattoo, I mean, think of all the people out there who have tattoos of cinnamon Please, rolls. Please,
0: dear God, don't get a tattoo <laughs> of anything related to anything we've ever said or done. Please, I beg of you.
1: I think about someone who has like lots of tattoos, like sure, sure, full sure. sleeves, like they're just like tattoos everywhere. That would probably be for them, they're like, Oh yeah, like I'm gonna add something just nonsensical because I have all of these tattoos. But it's like the person who has like three tattoos, if you add the cinnamon roller, like That's
0: too much that's too pressure. Much. <laughs> it's so funny you bring that up because I was literally thinking about tattoos last night.
1: Uh-huh. Getting them or just them in general? No, like, not getting them. Right.
0: I don't have a great threshold for pain you and so not. it just doesn't yeah. seem like a good idea for me. But I was thinking about our future children. Uh-huh. I don't know why this came up to me, but yeah. I was like, 'Cause I think I was thinking about all of the very arbitrary rules that like our parents put on it. I right. mean they're not don't all tattooed, arbitrary, but like don't
1: drive a motorcycle. To me, a tattoo
0: seems a little bit arbitrary because it's just like mm, it's your body, it's fine. Right. But then I'm like, you know, your your brain is not fully Right. I, I was sort of going down this 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 route in my head of being like, at what age do you feel like you have reached a level of autonomy where you can make long term decisions about right. your life and your you know, your skin <laughs> yeah
1: this is and this so is, i was
0: like but then i was like do we want to be those parents where we're like you can't get a tattoo to your 18 like that feels so
1: i'm actually fine with our kids getting tattoos just not on their face until they're like 30 just like avoid them on your face <laughs> until you're 30 everywhere but else Then
0: what if that makes them want to do it
1: completely fine but like well that's the thing i think if you just tell them like hey tattoos dad has one on the middle of his think... back hold on i'm going and like you can get one
0: <laughs> i forget you have one anywhere
1: one. on your body except for your face until you're 30 How
0: old were you when you got your back tattoo
1: 17 years old
0: Do you feel like you were in a mental place to be able to make a good long-term decision about what about that
1: absolutely not
0: okay so here's what i'm thinking <laughs> but
1: i think the reason why i yeah. got it where i got it
0: was because you knew you like had my some friends, self-awareness like well, there were like four
1: of us that got tattoos at that yeah. time one got it like on his shoulder one guy like, on his bicep and then like one got on like lower back Ooh, before tramp stamps were really a thing
0: well and, can we not use that oh term? yeah sorry but yeah. that's yeah but anyway that's a people so. it really is okay
1: uh lower back tattoos which have a connotation which they shouldn't it's just an area where you put a tattoo like, yeah and also
0: it, listen Everyone's sexual, you know, choices and evolution is up to them. Like, and we don't also, need to judge them. And
1: also, like, what a weird spot for it to be that, like, shouldn't it have been something more provocative? <laughs> like, the bottom <laughs> right. of your it's, lower back is, like, like, not that provocative. We all
0: remember low-rise jeans. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone was able to see yeah. everyone else's lower back. Very that's weird. part of what it was, though.
1: Right, that's it, is that the, the lower back was out. It was
0: the, it was the crossing of the low-rise jean craze wow. and the tattoo craze and the... Objectification of women at the center.
1: Jeez. Okay, so 1990s. Anyway, your
0: friends and you said "Mm, I just said like uh, yeah,
1: like I'm you know I'm 17. I'm not making great decisions in my life. I'm just gonna put this somewhere where like just in case I don't have to see it every single day of my life and be like "Mm, I kind of regret that. Like I think if I had to see my tattoo every day of my life, you would
0: feel regret every day.
1: Yeah, I would oh. have gotten rid of it. I, 100%, I would have gotten rid of oh, it babe. 10 okay. years ago. Well, sure. then
0: maybe we just like sit the kids down and we <laughs> tell them this story and we say, listen, not a hard and fast rule. Yeah. But like, we would really recommend probably knit 25. Wait yeah. till you're 25 and then you can go full. Not your face. No, that's what I'm saying. Those are my rules. You can go full neck to toe tattoos.
1: Here's, I got it. Yeah. This is parenting advice for any parents out there. We're just working through
0: this in real time with our non existent parents. But here's the
1: final uh, final? takeaway for all the parents and then for future us (laughs) your kids are four years old, okay? Yeah. You're playing the game of operation with them. Yeah. Right? Like you're hitting the sides and whatever. If you don't know what the game of operation is, feel free to YouTube it. It's a ridiculous game. Yeah. Uh, you're playing this game while you're playing it, and your child's like, Dada, I don't know. Oh my God. Is. That's terrifying. <laughs> and you go, This is where the kidney is, child. But <laughs> Did also, you say it was four? Yes. Okay. But also, you're allowed to get tattoos anywhere on your body. If this is your body, below this point and then you show them like the neck and below and you're and they're four and they're like okay dada i wrote first tattoo <laughs> and you're like all right i'll take you to piercing pagoda in the mall because i think they do that there
0: piercing pagoda
1: pagoda or pagoda. claire's or claire's yeah yeah any of those specialty shops in yeah the mall.
0: i got my ears pierced aren't claire's. you guys
1: glad we did get into the preamble yeah uh this so, is a great preamble yeah, yeah. material so again they're four you take them to the mall yeah if it's safe obviously covid you know or any other pandemic that's going to be looming not future you know, pandemics
0: whatever. You better knock Wherever on they wood. want.
1: Four years old. If they can handle the pain, let them get all the tattoos they want. But neck down, right? So you just have this like this little cool baby with like all of its cool tattoos. Like but you, it's or, four. This is the parenting advice I'm offering for anyone to take. They grow up. They get tattoos yeah. every year on their birthday or on the operation day. When we played operation, the game, operation the of- <laughs>
0: day. what you guys don't celebrate Which operation like day in your August family 2nd? where we play, we do, we play one round of operation and then we go get a tattoo Yeah,
1: as a family. As yeah. A family. Well, we don't get them cause we don't want them, but our four year old does. <laughs> and then our five year old and our six. Anyway, then they're like 24, yeah. right? Uh, they're full grown adults at this yeah. point. They're making life decisions and they're like, that, uh, <laughs> I kind of want a tattoo on my face. And we're like, hey, 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 hey. Remember when you were four, 20 what years ago? Say? What no do we say? No
0: face tattoos. No, and
1: then they go, Oh, that's right. I have all these other tattoos in my entire body. I'm still gonna wait six years until I get it on my face. They've turned 30, and then you call them on operation day, August 2nd, and you go, Hey, just to let you know, if you want that face tat of like a lion, like, you know, coming off of the side of your face, 100 percent go get it. Yeah. And they're like, because there's nothing wrong
0: with it. It's just, yeah, that is like, a very... They're like, mm,
1: Dad, you know what? I don't want that on my face. Mm. And we're like, parenting. You're welcome. <laughs> and then that's it. Okay. And they're great.
0: I think we might need to workshop this a little bit you more. You think so? But, like, where your head's at?
1: Is it just because you don't like August 2nd as the date because it's close to your birthday and it would take away yeah, the Yeah, I feel like Operation
0: Day is kind of infringing upon my birthday.
1: But everything else seems Was perfect. pretty... perfect. Perfect, okay. And
0: you're going to be a great dad. Now... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want to get into something helpful?
0: No, I just want to be. Yeah, we okay. should. But yeah. I just want to say there's nothing wrong with face tattoos. And also, I think it's really stupid to judge people based on art that they put on their bodies. Totally. It's weird that we have a culture of associated like tattoos with all these negative connotations. However, you know, you have to you have to agree with the objective fact that a face tattoo has Deeper consequences for totally. the way that you can operate in society, whether that's right or wrong, we're not here and to the discuss. Judgments the
1: people pass. Yeah, and that's like the not, jobs we're not here to control that. Like it's just a very the, real yeah.
0: impact. So that's all I wanted to say. So, about so just that. get
1: them everywhere else below the neck until you're thirty. That's yeah. it. That's all we're saying.
0: Or by the time you've talked about this, by the time we probably eventually have kids, it'll be like erasable ink. It'll we'll be e ink.
1: Cannot wait for e ink. I-, I will get all the tattoos. It's when like E-Ink your comes skin around.
0: becomes like a weird interface or screen. I think they
1: just. I think the what? the ink that they use just has like nanotechnology in it, and and like, it's
0: like nanobots that like assemble into a pattern. Phone
1: and you have like they do oh, a square. Be so cool. They like do a square. I mean, except for the
0: part about where you have like nanobots, but yeah, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. It's it's science. Right? You take
1: Benadryl and it cures a cough. You know.
0: Does it? Maybe <laughs> I think it's an allergy medication, uh,
1: but you know it'll be fine. E ink, it's coming. E- ink. Don't worry, don't worry. If we and, can get tomorrow, and you just
0: sort of make like a weird squeak when you say e- ink, 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 yeah. okay all right well
1: let's get into something helpful. that's the show okay Okay, no in all
0: seriousness we do have a very helpful episode we really do
1: and it's jam-packed there's a lot of stuff here and that was probably a lot of time wasted for you to not hear the stuff that maybe you showed up for or maybe you just love the mix of both which you guys have been modest and told us that you do so that's fine that's what we did getting back to the discussion that we said a minute ago Mm, about 10 minutes ago about <laughs> writing these foundation articles. Yeah. So this is kind of a core belief for us for growing a business is you need to have what Caroline has called like your instruction manual around your product or niche or whatever it is that you do. And that instruction manual is if you think about buying like a fancy camera it's the manual that comes with the camera that teaches you how to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And you're not necessarily gonna always be reading the manual. You're not gonna care about the manual often, but you go to it when you're like, oh, how do I set up aperture or uh, you know anything else that I need to know about, ISO or any of these things. You go to the manual, you learn the thing, and then you, you go about your life. Mm-hmm. And then you watch like YouTube videos on how to use a camera or mm-hmm. whatever. But the manual is helpful because it gives you like the core crux of the ideas.
0: The learning of the thing.
1: Yeah. So for, for us, the way that we've talked about this, and we talked about this a lot in the content salad episode of this podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, uh, it was quite a few ago. But there's a lot more information on that. But just to let you guys know. Our foundation articles have changed over the years, and and we have really thought this year, 2021, about let's get 12 of these articles done that are the core tenets of Wandering Aimfully. And the
0: things that we teach.
1: And the things that we teach and the things that we really believe that could be the manual for how you might want to run your business, dear Mm -hmm. listener. Mm -hmm. So one of those things is running a membership community. And this is an article that people have been asking us about in different capacities since we started a membership community two and a half years ago with Wandering Aimfully, but we didn't really feel like we had a good grasp of how to teach someone how to do that without a lot of experimentation, a lot of learning, a lot of lessons, and, and then figuring out. We talked about this, we just finished up our spring enrollment of Wandering Aimfully, which I think is like our fourth open enrollment or something like that, but we've sold this thing again many other times, we feel like we have it dialed in now. Yeah. And that is why publishing this article now really makes sense for us because we can, everything that we write in this article is 100% what we do to run our community, to sell our community, to grow our community, and to foster what I think is the most important part of community is a healthy, vibrant, thriving community. Mm-hmm. Is not just a group of people who are in the same area online. Or
0: that handed over their money and gave, it's like, it's not just that they make it past that threshold of buying the thing. Yeah. It's like, are they using the thing? Are they showing it? Are they up? enjoying yeah. it? Are they sharing it? Yeah. Are, they have, are they getting value?
1: So we have essentially about, like an, I think it's an eight-step process here that we're going to go through, and there's an article at wanderingaimfully.com slash memberships, which is exactly what we're going to read from, and we're not going to read the article word by word, but we're going to talk through the different sections, so if you want to come away with this episode with the instruction manual for how to run your community wanderinginfleet.com slash memberships. And then you have this, this podcast episode to kind of accompany that with our commentary and our feedback.
0: Yeah. So let's start with just a little bit of background and context in case somebody's a brand new listener. How long have we been running our membership community? What led us to want to create a membership community? Because I think if someone's listening right now, they, to me, I think you probably reach the level of considering a community when you have a couple of disparate products and you're starting to get burnt out on managing them all and you're like I need a better like more efficient system to bring them under one roof. That's typically I think how people go uh kind of approach community unless they are just in, intense like connectors and really love community and then you might just start your product from scratch from wanting a community. Yeah, Does that I, sound right?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really important that y- there's no right way to do it. You could start your business as a community, but I do think it's a little bit harder unless you have like a really engaged email audience or something right. like that, or a YouTube community. Starting or from it is.
0: scratch and choosing a community is very hard.
1: It is very hard unless you like read this manual that we put together. Essentially, and you're like, oh yeah, like I see a very clear path for my business to go from either I'm doing like coaching or one-on-one clients or um, you know whatever it is to to this without having to do courses and other digital products that are disparate that I want to bring together so yeah. there's no like right way to do it I just think that it's helpful to understand that the way that we've done it is to sell all the individual digital products and then go hey you know what there's a thread here a theme that weaves through all of these products that's bigger than just one of the products that everyone is kind of you know interested in and now let's create a community and I, I want to talk about the other reason why we created a community yes what's your keyword?
0: Um, caveat
1: caveat um the other reason why we shifted to a community back in 2018 when we started wandering aimfully was we wanted more predictable income Mm -hmm. and so we both had online courses you know we have software products and we have a bunch of other things and and it just income was like all over the place and yeah we were doing launches and they were making money but it just always felt like we were just on this hamster wheel of trying to figure out selling and marketing and promoting very
0: feast and famine
1: very much so and and we would have a launch that was like thirty thousand dollars and that was fantastic but you're like okay that's only going to last us like six months or whatever, you know whatever that time frame was we got to do something again in six months and and when that money runs out if you're having a anxiety you know spout
0: spiral mm-hmm.
1: and you can't do a launch <laughs> you can't create something i think you
0: meant to say bout or spiral and it came out spout, spout
1: yeah which just you, you turned, guys know and yeah.
0: anxiety spout you've been there you just there.
1: turn you turn that spout open and, and it then just, it was just anxiety pours just out. out yeah <laughs> It was a, a mental metaphor, but the reason, yeah, the big reason why we shifted away from the individual courses and products is to have predictable income. And the, the, my caveat before we talk about your caveat is running a community, especially a paid membership community is not easier than selling digital products.
0: Yep. We talk about this a lot about the, the whole notion of grass is always greener. Yeah. We're being, if we're being a hundred percent honest, we started a membership because we thought that it would somehow be easier than launching individual products It's different. Right. And I would say three years later, I think it is ultimately a little bit of an easier path, but it was not easier to get to that ultimate goal. Right. And it was just different. It was just a different set of challenges. I think you could reach this point doing individual products as well without ever having done a membership. So definitely the thing that we want you to hear from this is if you're thinking that a membership is going to solve your problems of all the effort that you're putting forth in your business don't, like, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. It is hard work either way.
1: Now, what was your caveat?
0: Um, One important caveat I wanted to make was that not all memberships are membership communities. Right. And so what we're really talking about here is a membership community. Yeah. Meaning that people pay you on a recurring basis and they get access to some type of community engagement. Like, whether it doesn't matter, like, what the platform's through, whether it's through, a Facebook group, a, like a private Facebook group, a Slack group, a uh, circle membership, like whatever those things are, but they're interacting. Yeah. Um. This is different than like, let's say, you know, Jen Wagner has a font membership where right. you pay monthly and you get access to all these fonts, but there's no like real community component to it. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that caveat so that you know what you're getting into with this episode. It's very heavily on like, if you want to bring people together and have them interact and pay you regularly for that.
1: And just to ca- a caveat on top of the caveat on top of the caveat, Ooh, the reason caveat. we chose the membership community part and not just the access to stuff and then that's it is really because we wanted a community. We like being connected to people. We like conversations with people. But if that's not your jam, if that's not something you want to do, then definitely go learn from somebody else who has done it the other way. We're only going to be able to give you our experience based on a community of people mm-hmm. And products that go along with that. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So do we want to give the context items that we, that I wrote in this article?
0: Sure. I mean, I was going to like kind of my context, the context that you give in this article are just all the little bullet points of like what led us to get yeah. here. And I think, sure, we can do that. Yeah, we don't have
1: to go through them one by one, but I just think it's helpful for someone who might be listening to this. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe a friend passed this podcast along to me because I've talked about memberships and like, I don't know who you guys are. And I don't know what, you know, why you're creating a membership and all those things.
0: Yeah, I think the long and short of it is that the important things you need to know are Jason had a products, a digital products business. I had a digital products business in 2018. We decided to combine those businesses I mean, technically, we had done these little, like, test launches of combining our stuff together. Which
1: is a great example of, like, we didn't even have, like, a plan for a membership community. We just did a version of it that could be that. And the only consistent thing that really existed was, like, a hub for people to get the stuff and then a Slack, private Slack channel.
0: Right. So that was kind of our MVP of our membership community is we did... A couple of launches where we said hey get all of jason's courses get all of caroline's courses and then join together in this slack community and talk to other business owners that was like mvp bottom like no plan no no plan plan. i mean it's just
1: like we were flying by the seat of our pants
0: yeah um, and so that – but that kind of seeded the community with a good number of people so that we could learn and yep. see, like, what did people like? What did they not like? Um, from there, in 2018, we decided to kind of formalize that by forming Wandering Aimfully, which is our business now, where we came together and just decided to kind of absorb each other's individual businesses into one business. And um, and then we built Wandering Aimfully as a membership we did it as a a never-ending membership. I don't know the word that you would kind yeah, of... Yeah, just
1: an ongoing an membership. An ongoing recurring
0: membership um, of $100 a month where people would get access to all of those courses that I mentioned before and the Slack community. And from that point on, from 2018 to now, it has taken on many, many different evolutions and iterations. Though I don't know that we need to go through all of those. Yeah. The place that we are at now is that we have created a coaching program inside of that membership. Excuse me. It is a lifetime membership that ends. So once you pay 2000 total dollars for the wandering inflate unlimited membership, you never pay us again and you continue to get anything in the future. Um, we can get into why we made that decision l- a little bit later on, but there's two ways to pay us. You can do 20 months at $100 a month, or you can do five months at $400 a month. Those are the only two payment options. And then you get the coaching hub. You get...
1: Yeah, we don't need to go into this. We don't this need to go into in okay, yeah.
0: okay, so that's kind of the evolution.
1: Yep. Yeah, and and the thing I want to point out about the evolution is that in the beginning, I mean, we did our MVP, and then basically we did like MVP 2.0, which was the beginning of Wandering Game which was the ongoing thing. But there was no, like, what is the product?
0: Exactly. We And we'll we, talk
1: more about that in a minute. Yeah. So I, we I,
0: really thought the, the access to our courses yeah. was the membership, was right. the product.
1: And we found very early on that people would buy, and then, like, two months later, they would cancel because they just were like, well, I... I don't, I don't, there's nothing like keeping me in it. And like, there
0: was no guidance and there yeah. was no like new fresh content being added to exactly. So so we'll talk about that. Exactly. So we're going to
1: talk more about that. So I think the last caveat that I want to give, because I just think it's helpful. Drink every
0: time we say caveat. Is what? Drink every time we say caveat. Yeah, drink every
1: time we say caveat here. Uh, or eat a cinnamon roll, you know, whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, or a bite. cinnamon roll. Nope. And th- I think the last caveat that I want to give is not, we talk about this uh, a couple different times through different episodes here, is not to gloat about the amount of money that we've made, but because we want to share that we have gotten to this amount of money on this journey, and it's taken us almost three years. So Wandering you right now makes $20,000 in recurring revenue a month, a little bit more than that, because we just came off a launch. But that's like our average for the past year and a half. And I actually looked back because I, I wrote a public journal of our journey from, from starting from zero. And you know, we had a nice little launch in the beginning. And after three months, I think we got up to like $6,000 or mm-hmm. 5000 something like that. But in like the first <clears throat> three months, it was like 1500 bucks, And we just had this very slow climb. And then we would have a lot of churn. And then we would do like a thing. And then we'd go back down and go up. And and after a year and a half, we were at $10,000 recurring. And it wasn't until we made the pivot to group coaching, identifying ourselves as an intentional business coach world, Unboring business coaches for intentional business owners and really finding the positioning, the monthly content we would deliver, and then all the stuff we're gonna talk about. That's when we took like our first bigger jump. Mm-hmm. And then we've just really got into this good flow of two launches per year. We stay at that $20,000 uh, monthly recurring revenue amount, even with people whose plans end. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is, you know, 200 customers who are always paying us $100. It it changes in that number, you know, goes down and goes up because people finish paying us. So I just think it's helpful to hear that. And then our churn, if you know churn numbers, churn is just people who cancel. It was at like 30% a year and a half ago.
0: Was that when we were doing the never ending, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And even when we got into some of the lifetime before we were doing the group coaching, people were just still canceling pretty quickly or just, you know, after a while. And now we're down to 5%, yep. which is awesome. And if you run a membership or any recurring thing, being in like the 3 to 8% is like kind of your golden range of churn because it's just going to happen. People yeah. are going to churn. Like,
0: and it's a lot of personal reasons yeah. and finances, and we yeah. totally get that. All
1: right, so that's a lot of context, and we're, only, we're 20 minutes in. <laughs> so yep. let's try and get into some helpful stuff here as we talk through these eight steps that we have in this it's article. It's not really a
0: process. It's just sort of like eight things to keep in mind. So yeah. the first one is about solving a specific problem. So identifying with your membership community, what is the problem that you are solving for people? Um, I think a lot of people have the misconception, like I said before, that they almost use a membership as a way, I I know I made this mistake before, a membership as a way to bring together a bunch of different like multi-passionate ideas. So like there was a time where I had a design course and these art courses and like it all made sense to me, but I thought, oh, I could just put it under a membership. But because they were all so disparate, it actually made it hard to say like, well, what am I, like, who actually needs this? Who is, whose life is going to be improved by joining this community? And if you can't answer that question, your problem has not been identified that you're solving with your community.
1: Yeah. And I think that if you have a bunch of stuff that you create or things that you do, and you have people who want to support you on a recurring basis, a membership is probably not the way to do that a Patreon is the way to do that because those are people who are just passionate about you and they want to support you and they want to you know give you more money for more access to more things. Patreon is perfect for that. But a paid membership community around a topic is really important if that topic is going to benefit the person, not just give them some perks. And so for us, that really got solidified when we just figured out okay, the core problem that we're solving for people is that they're tired of the six fig business advice. They're tired of all the strategies of Facebook ads and funnels and all this other crap. And they just want something that feels more intentional, that feels more thoughtful, and that's going to slow them down a bit because they've tried to be on the, like, let me go super fast and like do all the things. And it just leads to stress and overwhelm and burnout. And we're all tired of that. We've been through that ourselves. And so We just have a longer-term approach. We have a more thoughtful approach. We have a more careful approach. And we really just try and empower people in our community of we're all at different stages, we're all at different levels, and we're all just on this journey to have the same ideas about running an intentional business. That's the thing that guides all of us. So even though our topic is probably not exactly niche enough.
0: Yeah, it's actually quite broad, but by kind of looking at everything that we do teach and narrowing it down, I mean, I think one of the first important things that we did messaging wise was asked ourselves, what's a quick and concise way that we can identify what outcomes we're trying to get for people. Exactly. And that was when we landed on this boost your revenue, gain more free time, have more fun. And it's sort of like the three core tenets of what we're teaching. It's of course, always how to grow your business. Yes, because a lot of people, that's what they're looking for is financial freedom. So we get that. Um, But Right after that, it's have gain more free time. And what we're really saying there is like, live well, yeah. Be able to live your life without hustling all the time without burning out, more time for the things that are life related, not just work related. And then have more fun is important for us to add in there as well because our differentiator is all about unboring, doing it differently, um, being weird, and just bringing more life and fun to learning business content. And so if there's one action takeaway I can give for people in that, It's to write down who the person is you're trying to target in this community. What is the problem that they're having? So for us, the problem is like people are super overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They are trying to, you know, work on 12 different things at one time. Then they get overwhelmed and burnt out. And then write down maybe one to three of these like outcomes that you want for people. And if you had to distill it down into just a couple of words for each one of those, what would it be? Um, And so just getting clear on those three things I think will really help you when it comes time to market your membership. And if you're having a hard time doing that, don't feel like all your stuff in your membership has to fall, like has to align perfectly with those things. We had stuff in our membership that like didn't fully align with that stuff. Like my art courses, for yeah. example, you get, you get access to those things. That's not related to boosting your revenue or any of those things, but we just didn't highlight it. So yeah. so really marketing is about choosing what to highlight, what messaging points to hit home. So that's my note about identifying a specific problem.
1: Okay. Was Rocket Lab in that one or is it in the next one?
0: Oh, did you want to talk about your, yeah, it's mm-hmm. in that one.
1: Oh, I just wanted to mention in the article, I, I create this fictitious company to show you kind of a thread of how you can pull together if you have disparate courses into like one idea. Um, I, we don't have to say it in in the episode. I just wanted to mention that if someone's thinking about this and they're like, okay, like what's another example that's not you guys? Yeah. There's another example in the article so that you can go through and be like, oh, okay, like I see something outside of online business coaching, which I'm not going to do this is something else that might be able to give you some more ideas. So I just want to mention
0: that. Yeah. Even though the example of rocket lab is business coaching, but that's fine.
1: Yeah. But I think it's a little bit more different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. So
0: again, that's wandering aimfully.com slash memberships with an S and that's where the article is. Yeah. All right. Moving on to kind of our second thing we want to talk about is what is the paid community product and structure? So the next thing you're going to want to identify is, like, what is the membership structure? Yes. What do people get is yeah. the long and short of
1: that. The most important thing that we can tell you about having a successful paid community, besides all the other caveats in this, <laughs> is having something that people can 100% understand they are going to get every X amount of time from the membership. Yep. So that could be monthly. It could be weekly. Quarterly. It could be quarterly. Whatever it is, give them the structure and the idea of what they're going to get so that they understand in their mind, oh, this is what I'm paying for. So just to give you another example, a thing that we talk about a lot in Wandering Aimfully is your two word tango. And this is the way that you can sum up everything that you do so that someone can put you in a mental bucket very easily. And the key with that is, is that you make it really simple. So someone might say like, oh I have an educational experience that I offer people it's like no you have an online course yeah tell people that you have an online course you can say educational experience all you want on your all day website long. It,
0: it, fine at all the flourishy language but in the places that matter in the first two seconds of someone it's the business card version absolutely
1: people need to be able to put you in a mental bucket within two or three words and so it needs to be words they understand needs to be words they know really well and so yes we understand our creative listeners out there you don't want to call your yourself or you don't want to name your product an online course you don't want to name your product a paid community whatever us
0: calling ourselves business coaches is not our favorite thing either
1: it's not but it is a thing that someone comes to our website and they go oh they're business coaches okay great yeah then they read more and they're like oh they're unboring oh they're intentional oh you know it's like those words then kind of like fill the whole story in yeah but if you don't have that main character that people kind of wrap their heads around that's really important so for us what we've decided on and we learned through trial and error was we want to do something monthly. And the thing that we landed on, and it's fun because we're just now working on our 20th coaching session, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, oh, I don't sure. feel like we've been doing them for almost two years. Well, that's
0: a, also a good like thing that tells you it's sustainable for us. Yeah. Like, we don't hate it, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, we do a, a two hour live coaching session every month. And in that session, we teach something that we've learned in our businesses. And then we do a QA. And it's just a great time for our community to come together chat while we're teaching stuff on Zoom, and then afterwards we can kind of all joke around and do whatever, and it just is like the one thing that people can go, okay, if I spend $100 a month and I'm getting a coaching session on a specific topic, so I have one thing to focus on in my business every month, for $100, yeah, I'm I'm in. On top of that, we have all this other stuff that you get, but we needed that one thing that hooked people that they could also go, yes, I want every month, this is the thing I look forward to, and all the other stuff is just kind of gravy on top.
0: By the way, very important thing to note, the one thing, our coaching sessions every month, solve our specific problem. So what did we say the problem was? A lot of our business owners are overwhelmed. They feel like they're trying to solve 12 problems at one time. Our coaching, coaching sessions, the way that we position those is we give you one thing to focus on and learn every month. So you can at least feel like at the end of the month, you can look back and say, I didn't try to fill up 12 buckets at one time. I went deep on this one thing. I made real progress. I have an action plan. And then I was able to move on and kind of, you know, like work on all these different aspects of my business. At the end of the year, you look back and go, wow, I made real progress because I wasn't running in 20 different directions at one time. So I think when you're thinking about the structure, the the stuff that people get inside of your membership community make sure that it connects back to the specific problem that you're solving.
1: And as a as an aside, so I think, it, what was it? It was six months ago now, we were at our 12th or 13th coaching session. And we were starting to get people to be like, Hey, where do I start? Like yeah. I'm now overwhelmed by the amount of coaching sessions. Which like, will happen when it was six of these recorded these replay sessions. We'd say you start could at you the watch. beginning. Yeah, just, just pick your favorite out of the six. Like, yeah. there's not that many to pick from. But when you get up to like 14, it's like okay, a little bit of overwhelm, a little bit of analysis paralysis. Like, do I need marketing? Do I need the offer? Do I yep. you need know, whatever? And so that's when we realized, okay, now we're hearing from our community members they're a little bit confused. They're a little bit overwhelmed, even by us. So then it was on us to go, okay, now we need a product that goes along with our monthly product that can help people. So that's when we invested in building the Unboring Business Roadmap, which is essentially just an online course for your two-word tango out there. And it leads people through basically a choose-your-own-adventure of our coaching sessions and even our other courses and other things. And so this is where Caroline's genius kind of like springs mm, to on. life. It's It spouts right here. <laughs>
0: not an anxiety spout
1: and you basically took like the majority of our stuff and you made a kind of like a a flow chart a flow chart a kind Mm -hmm. of flow chart you made a flow chart and then we took that flow chart and said like okay do you have an idea if no go here if yes go here and we just broke this whole thing down you did it and then we made it into a thing that people could then go through which is the roadmap and now we have this awesome resource that we can say, when you're joining Wayne, you're going to want to go into the roadmap first. Because
0: it'll tell you where to start. Exactly. It, we designed it so that we weren't always having to have someone individually come to us and say like, oh, I have these, these, these things of context with my business, where do I start? We designed the roadmap so that they just lead themselves through the questions in the flowchart. It will lead them to the lesson that they need to start with.
1: And the my, my biggest point to the roadmap this like thing that we've invested in is it happened two years after we started. So be okay with, if you're just going to start a a membership community now, start with a Google doc. That is a list of 10 bullet points. Yeah, that's it. And just have that be the roadmap quote unquote. That is enough for people just for, they will thank you of going, I appreciate that you told me the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I should go through. That is enough to start. Wait until you're getting so many people, or you feel like you have so much monthly content you've created or weekly or whatever it is, that then you need to build a thing. But do that, tell tell yourself that's two years in. That's the milestone marker. I'm gonna do that process out of building your bigger product.
0: Yep. Also in this section, that kind of leads into the idea of what is your kind of dashboard. Yeah. I mean, I think every great membership has a a hub a place where people can access everything and so for us the the as much as it sounds like the roadmap is that the roadmap is kind of like our hub for the session specifically but as you'll recall we do have all these other resources and so we created our own custom dashboard experience for people to be able to access everything and we wanted an easy place to update it and add stuff Listen, if we could go back in time, we would tell people, do not invest all of the money that we invested in creating this custom dashboard, even though it served us really well. And I do think in the early days, that was part of the draw is people yeah. like, wow, they really invested in this experience. But you, the point here is just, you wanna think through, what is the digital experience going to be like for your community? Where are they going to access things?
1: Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, we even had a version of our dashboard before the expensive version, which was literally just a page in WordPress that was custom designed so that we could add new things to it. Yeah, And that was it. I mean, yeah. it was just like you had a login to log into it. And basically, so basically
0: images and buttons. Yeah, for like, those of you who, here.
1: who want to know what products we used or like tools we used to run, uh, we our membership is built on a WordPress site using the plugin Restrict Content Pro. So if you use WordPress, I don't think there's another plugin that's gonna do a better job, especially directly into WordPress with other plugins it integrates with. Uh, if you use Squarespace, MemberSpace is a really good option. Now, there are a bunch of these out there, but those are just two we would recommend if you're thinking about building on either of those platforms. They will give you the ability to build some type of just page in your site. Any page, like an about page would be that's password protected for members. And just start really simple. Don't start with like a whole fancy dashboard where you can like do all kinds of things. Just build a page that's sequential.
0: Or you could use Tea tree. And oh, just go can, even can, even yeah. more simple.
1: So bad at uh, selling our own things. Yeah, yeah
0: but in all seriousness, on, um, our other business, Teachery, is not just a software application for online courses. You can also create memberships. Many of our customers use that as their membership hub because it's, you know, login is separate and yeah. payment it does a great job of that. So... And then also, okay, so two more parts about like the actual stuff that you get inside the membership. Something to think about is how often are you going to communicate with your people? So we have monthly emails. Mm -hmm. Um, The coaching sessions give us a good opportunity to, you know, have something to talk about. But if you're not going to have a monthly thing, new thing, you really might want to think about what is that content, that members only content that they're going to get. Yep. And then finally, where is the community portion of this going right. to be housed? Yep. So for us, we chose Slack early on. Um, it just made sense to us. We don't like being in Facebook. That's why we kind of went that route. And it served us really well.
1: Funny quick story about yeah. Slack. Also, can you do a little scoochies for me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick little story about Slack. So when the community part was starting... There, there actually wasn't a community at all, and and one of the people who bought the first iteration of of what wandering aimfully was, which was called Buy My Future, reached out and said like, "Hey, have you checked out Slack yet? I think it would be a great place for all the Buy My Future people to hang out." And I looked at it and I was like, "Ah, eh, it's kind of clunky. They didn't have an an app yet. They just had the web interface."
0: Well, really early.
1: Yeah, I was like, I looked at it and I I saw how it could be used, but I just it just didn't make sense mm. for me. And then as soon as the Slack app came out, I was like, okay. This is great because I don't want to be on Facebook. We actually didn't didn't even use Facebook at that time. Don't want a Facebook group. So we just basically started with Slack. And now other things have come up and there are different options. And I think Circle is probably one if you're going to look into things because they don't have an app yet. They're kind of like at that place with Mm -hmm. Slack where like... And they do a lot more forum and other things built in which is why people like circle it's
0: like integrated
1: yeah we just like slack because it just feels like it's the place where everyone's hanging out and talking it's not necessarily where you're going to like find all the resources that's what we built our dashboard for Mm -hmm. um so if you don't want to build a dashboard circle could be like another way that you could do that but um yeah just to kind of share like You know, Slack was even something that wasn't on our radar then it was. And now we just feel like it's just a good place for everyone to hang out. Most people have the Slack app for something else that they're in, some other group or whatever, which is why it works well to use something that's established and maybe not go to the newest thing. Because I will say that's the one big thing for people who use new technologies. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get people to adapt to new, Mm -hmm. and it's even harder to get them to switch if Mm -hmm. you change. So, If you have a Facebook group right now and it actually is working for your business and you think you want to use it for your community, by all means, go for it. But if you don't like hanging out on that platform, choose something else you actually want to hang out on every day. For
0: sure. All right, moving right along. Number three topic to talk about is the onboarding experience. And so we have a couple of things, you know, related to onboarding, but this is really about like getting people acclimated to where everything lives and how they're going to access your resources. So you want to think through that customer journey and build in things so that they know they're not, they're not lost when they just like first get to your dashboard.
1: The moment someone pays you to join your membership community is the moment they are going to be the most engaged ever, ever. They are never going to do more things (laughs) than in that first, like, three hours after buying right so your goal as the community owner is to think through okay what what can i give them that they can like get access to that's going to help them right away but then also what can i get from them that's going to help me as the community owner yeah so for us we we have a page once someone buys they they get a page and essentially says go check your email for the welcome email but, but while you're waiting for that fill out this survey and so for us this survey is really helpful because it helped us along the way learn what what led people to buy? What was the number one reason they bought? It l- helped us learn where are people coming from? Yeah. Because that's really difficult when you're selling something online is to really have an identifiable way to know, like, is it from my Instagram? Is it from my YouTube? Is it whatever? And, and we've found out that it's like 10% of people find us through instagram i think it's like 20 to 25 find us through youtube or the podcast Um, and then the rest are basically finding us through a friend or through search or whatever and it's good to know those things because then you can know well okay why am i spending so much time on instagram if it's only bringing me 10 percent of our buyers like let's throttle that back and let's put more of that into youtube and podcast or whatever but we ask a lot of questions in that first survey just to learn more about our people and understand who they are
0: yeah what their challenges are um if you are someone who's listening to this episode because you already have a membership community, but you just it's not like working as well as you think that it should, this is one easy takeaway to do right after listening to this episode on the page right after they purchase, put a type form. Yep. Have a couple questions. Don't overthink it of like, what are questions? No, just like think about what do you want to know about your people. Um, you know, we everything from like one thing that we just recently added was how do you pronounce your name? Mm-hmm. This is a very simple one that we should have and thought of two and a half years ago. That we ago. should have thought two and a half years ago. And I will tell you that... The amount of people's names that are pronounced differently than I would have thought is astounding. Yeah. And we also view this as like a small, tiny, tiny action that we can take also to be as inclusive as possible because I do feel like people, especially of color, historically their names get absolutely butchered. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We want to pronounce people's names the way that they are intended to be pronounced. So that's like a really small tip, but that's one concrete takeaway you can do right after listening to this episode is create that type form, put it up, and... Get those responses.
1: Yeah. So also in this section is the welcome email, right? Yep. The welcome email is definitely something that evolves for us and has evolved over time. And it probably will for you as well. But the most important thing that you do in that welcome email is just to kind of give people a lay of the land of like, where's all the most important stuff?
0: Where am I going to go? What do I need to bookmark?
1: Exactly. And so for us, it's like, hey, go to the dashboard. Um, They get a Teachery account included with our program. So like, here's a link to activate that. So we have like the special little system that works to activate their account and make it free and add all these courses. Um, and then after that we say, jump in the Slack community, say hello to other members. We have a Slack guide that Caroline put together, which is just like a, if you're new to Slack, here's how to like add a profile photo and you know what to do. Um, also we need to add the pronouns to that. I keep keep yeah, we'll we'll on that. our on our list. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like it's just this ever evolving as we learn more stuff. And so th- I think there's five steps in that email, which kind of sounds like a lot. Sounds like you're overwhelming someone, but you have to remember no one is ever going to be more engaged than they are at that moment. So they're going to be willing to jump into whatever the thing is you want them to do that's going to get them to feel like, okay, I'm this using is, this. Yeah, this, I'm using this. This is thoughtful. I mean, I get a DM from, I would say, probably 30% of people who join WAME because in that welcome email is a checklist that we created for people at the bottom of the checklist which i think is like 32 items and they're really small but it's they're it's
0: tiny thing it's
1: the 32nd one is like send jason a dm in slack and tell him that you're like favorite animal or something yeah. like that and I love these DMs because it shows me like, okay, who are the people yep. that were just like, I want to do all the things when I join. Yep. And so then I kind of know that. And then I can watch and see like, okay, are those the same people that are showing up in Slack often? Are those the same people who are vocal in the coaching sessions? And it just gives you some texture and some context with your people. Yeah. Um, so I just think that it's one of those things where what you don't want to do is overwhelm someone. And like right if they buy like, here's a list of 20 things to do, you want to say like, there's going to be an email with some stuff but like do the survey so you get a win you feel like you did Mm -hmm. something great now that you did that go to the email and like one by one you can go through those things and then just along the way of every one of those steps try and be encouraging try and be fun try and be helpful whatever it is that you can have someone have a good experience that's just a little bit more thoughtful I think that's the thing we hear from people a lot is like The onboarding experience is really thoughtful. Yeah. And it didn't start out that way. No. and it's evolved because we've learned.
0: Totally. That's what I was going to say is it sounds like a lot of things, but each of the individual steps is such a small action and you're leading the person to the next action. Like you're holding their hand and you're saying like, okay, great. Now that you've done this, let's do this. And what that creates is also momentum where someone feels like, oh, I'm using this. And let me tell you that one of the best ways to limit your churn is to make sure that your person is feeling that feeling of momentum of using your thing absolutely because the more that they use your membership the more that they engage with it especially right from the get-go the less likely they are to see that charge come through and go oh i don't use that i'm gonna cancel yeah that's not that, that's not what you want you want someone to, to we said this from the very beginning of starting WAME, we want people to get the charge on their credit card or their you know debit card or whatever and say wow that's the best money i spent on my business this month like that's our do, always our goal.
1: And we do hear that. And yep. we also one of the things we love too is right after someone buys, we love getting a message from that's like I feel so good about buying this. Yeah. Like I don't have buyer's remorse because yeah, they are committing to a $2,000 yeah. total And we all know
0: that feeling of yeah. like buying something and getting it and being like, that's not quite what yeah. it looked like from the sales page. Absolutely.
1: And and we we get people who like they were on our email list three years ago. They unsubscribed. Then they bought Wayne. Well, now they don't get the welcome email because they've been unsubscribed because like they someone told them to buy or whatever and they're like, oh yeah, I do want to join. That looks awesome. I love what they're doing now but they didn't get the welcome email. So it's actually a bad first experience. So then I go out of my way and I'm like, okay, I got to win this person over. <laughs> so I write like a thoughtful email, all the emojis, all the gifs, all the things, because they now have had a bad first experience. Yep. And it's not my fault. They unsubscribe from our right. email, but I have to win them back essentially. Right. And it does, I don't have to do it, but I feel it's like a challenge yeah. to me to do that. And and so I think it's just those things, preparing for those things. And hopefully this article that that we've you know painstakingly written for you walks you through all this stuff so that you don't have to like be jotting down every note that you are saying. We're basically just saying things that are in this article with some additional context for you.
0: Yeah. One last thing I want to say on that is I know we're throwing a lot at you, but again, like Jason said, we didn't do this all from the beginning. It's just about taking everything that we're giving you and going what is important for me in, at, at this sizzler, version you're at
1: the sizzler buffet of online business right now and
0: you get to choose do you want macaroni and cheese do you want mashed potatoes or do you want both
1: are you doing a carb plate or are you doing a protein plate or are you doing a dessert plate i like to start with a dessert plate
0: i know you do i like to start with a savory plate i, I like my, i like my savory size every
1: plate is a savory plate let's be honest for me yeah absolutely 100 yeah the difference is every plate has a different type of potato on it
0: yeah remember yeah. like I remember sitting at uh, one of our favorite restaurants in town when that was still a thing. And they're kind of like a fancy restaurant. And they have like a dessert cheese flight. Oh, yeah. And I remember just thinking like, God, whoever decided that like dessert cheese is a thing was like yeah. my people.
1: Yeah, for sure. A
0: savory dessert.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good, just, just some good tangent. more Good
0: Thank you. Uh, But what I was going to say is we – because our dashboard is custom and there was um, quite a few, like, elements to it, we basically created a page that was, like, a tour, like, tour the dashboard. And we created a little walkthrough video. So it's, like, here's how you – um, edit your profile. Here's how you edit your billing information. That's a big one. You want people to be able to know how to do that. Um, here's where you can find this or that we would, we just recorded a couple of little walkthrough videos. Um, that's another thing of doing it one time, putting it on a place in your dashboard. And then you can always update that as you add things to your, um, community. And again, you won't have to like overwhelm somebody by adding more stuff to the welcome email. It's like, go to the, Tour the yeah. dashboard.
1: And you, you get, you're get you going to get a varying group of people who join your community where they are either really technically savvy and they just love diving in and figuring everything out themselves or they want their hand held along the way. And so creating like a tour page and a walkthrough video of all the different things. I think our page has like 15 different videos on it. sure, They're like three minutes long. They're yeah. not that long. Spoiler alert, we have not updated those in two and a half years. Yeah, They probably could use some updating, but they do the job. They're just tour videos. They're not necessarily meant to like teach anybody anything. They're just like, Again, like Caroline said, here's how to do this, how to do that, how to do whatever. So, again, that may seem like oh, you know, it's just one more thing I have to do. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. Someone is going to really appreciate that you put that thought into it.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you don't. And there's nothing that says they have to be videos. Just include like a little like FAQ section or somewhere yeah. where people can know what what to do. Google
1: Doc, bolded list. You got this. You got
0: this. Um, moving on to number four, a warm welcome. Yeah. Is important for the community aspect. So in our case, for the Slack component to our membership community how people feel in that first day when they are introducing themselves to the group matters yeah
1: yeah uh i have a a little bit of a notice here for any waymer that's listening to this if yeah. you are an existing waymer that's listening to this and you're a lurker we know you we know you you lurk, you lou you 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 peek around the emails you show up for a coaching call and you, you just are, you, you watch, listen to
0: the podcast you
1: yeah you listen and you just you're lurking you're and like you're behind, like, behind the bush. Ch- you're behind one of those bushes that's shaped like an animal that someone crafted and you're just <laughs> lurking back there. And you're looking at us and you're like, I see you, but I'm not participating. But I don't want to be seen. This is my challenge to you, Waimer. Go into Slack, go into the introduce yourself channel. And say hello to some people. This we is my challenge. We don't care how
0: long you've been around.
1: Doesn't matter. Just say, If you are a lurky Lou-
0: This is me. And I'm a lurky Lou. And I here's the, a little bit about me.
1: You come out from behind that squirrel-shaped- Topiary. Shaped, squirrel-shaped topiary. <laughs> you say hello. Okay. But the, the point of this fourth section here of this creating a paid membership community, which we actually want to be helpful with, is you want to encourage people to be welcoming, to write an introduction. And don't just say, go write an intro in this channel on Slack. Say, here are a couple prompts for- yep. th- because people they want to know many, what to do i, I want to th- say that m- probably 90% of people hate writing intros oh
0: of course and we it's see that
1: with so many people who it's like write like walking their intros. into a
0: room and being like hello this yeah. is
1: me yeah, the, yeah. this
0: is a little bit about me
1: yeah and we all know the 10% of the group who loves doing it yeah, right totally. like they they'll write the 60,000 word yeah. intro but then you have the other people who are like hi i'm here uh, and i do like squirrel topiers and goodbye (laughs) uh and and you have to encourage them so you ask them like you know what's your goal for the rest of this year where do you hail from what's a travel story you want to share what's your favorite cereal like we prompt these questions so that people can feel like okay i have questions to answer
0: i forgot to tell you this that we might need to amend our prompts because i saw a twitter thread about this it's like a teacher Uh who um like facilitates things and is like um, I used to ask my students to, like, introduce themselves by saying a fun fact mm-hmm. about them. But it leads to this, like, weird competitive thing where people feel like they need to have, like, a better f- better gotcha. experience or whatever. So now I tell my students to introduce themselves with a really boring fact.
1: Nice. Which is really
0: great because then you get, Who like. be
1: the most boring? Yeah, you get yeah. these,
0: like, really weird, um, like. Totally insignificant but very textured details yeah, that's about fun. people. I like so, that. we might have to change that to yeah, a, again, a boring factor. And that's yourself. a
1: great like evolution of things, right? Yeah. So, uh, what Mine would is... be
0: like, I never have matching socks until Jason gets upset and he and buys me we, those on we, Amazon.
1: Yeah, I can see your toenails about to bust through this one. It's well, like getting ready.
0: That's because I have fancy toes.
1: <laughs> okay. What well, else that... is in this section?
0: Okay. So, um, yeah. So, we tell them to introduce themselves and then. Also you're going to need to offer up some ma- a little bit of manual effort on your part as yes. the community manager in order to facilitate con- connection and facilitate that warm welcome. So Jason is always reminding previous, um, members like, Hey guys, remember how good it felt when you showed up and a bunch of people commented on your intro, go be that for someone else. And so I feel like this is a step that a lot of people forget is like when you're the the leader of your community, it's on you to lead the community (laughs) community and guide people into how you want um, it to feel for everyone. Like culture is not something that just emerges and well, it can, but often in a bad way. But a lot of people are like, God, I just, I feel like it's so dead in my community. Like yeah. no one's, and it's like, because you are not in there, yep. like providing the prompts, providing the guidance, providing the energy that you pour into it so that people will follow suit.
1: And this goes back to the, one of the early caveats, Again, you know, you guys haven't had a drink or a bite of your cinnamon <laughs> roll in like an hour, uh, about it. It's a lot of work. It takes work to show up for your community. And for me, I consider running our Slack channel, my full-time job. That is the thing that I pay attention to more than anything else. Maybe our email inbox is the other thing, but I look for opportunities where I can jump in conversations first, where I can tag other people who I know are other people. And we have a a directory that we have in our dashboard where I can just search. Like a lot of people probably think like, Jason just knows every single waymer and something about them. I mean, I try to, but I don't. I have the directory where people have filled out their profile and they put tags that we've asked them for in our onboarding And I search and I find the Squarespace designers and I find the people who like knitting and I find the people who are the fiber artists. And like, I find these people because we've asked them to do that in the onboarding and it makes my life easier later on.
0: Which is a great tip about, even if you don't have some sort of tagging, like we do in our directory, you do have the type form that we told you about. So it's like, include a couple of keywords, you know, about what you do. Um, And then if you have some type of, CRM system or like in Notion, Airtable, or just or Airtable, search the type form, you or just, just search, search the type, the type exactly. Yeah. And so, when someone has an SEO question, they go, "Hey, does every anybody know about the blah blah blah?" And Jason says, "You know, my experience is this, but also maybe you know Brendan and Claire, but but, but also maybe <laughs> Brendan and Claire can help you <laughs> yeah. because he knows that they are the SEO people in our
1: absolutely." Video. And so, uh, to that end, about you know showing up and being there and being the community leader, maybe that's something you're going to want to outsource to have someone else do. That's totally fine. It's not our MO, it's not what we wanna do. I wanna be the person that almost replies first but I also love the fact that our community does have a culture to it and does have a thriving nature to it where most threads, especially that are started at like 6 p.m. when we're not on our computers, when I open up my laptop in the morning, there's like five people that have already replied. Right. And it makes my heart so happy yeah. that I don't have to be the first person. And the reason I don't is because we've facilitated that and because I've done work before that and we've just created this nice, welcoming more community.
0: Totally, and because every person sees if you jump in first and reply, then they don't feel as scared to reply. Exactly. And then they feel comfortable replying. And so then the next time they're, they're happy to reply without your instigating because now they're comfortable.
1: I love it. There was a thread literally started yesterday and someone was like, Jason, I have a question about this whatever. And like two other people jumped in before I did. Yeah. And the question was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they, and they were like, like, no, I got this. They're
1: like, yeah, but like I have some thoughts too. Yeah. And that, that to me is my favorite thing when you know that you have a good group of people who are bought into the community and want to help other people. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, moving on to number five. So drop new customers into an automated email sequence. So this is, again, kind of under the umbrella of onboarding. Yes. But going back to what I said before, the more people are logging into your membership, especially within like the first four weeks, the more likely you are to keep that person long term and the the lower your turn will be, um, which is going to make your life easier and your revenue a lot better. So yep. the this email sequence that we have is an automated email sequence and it. Actually, in the article, wanderinggameplaycom slash memberships, Jason took the time to write out what each of those emails is oh. and what it is. Alerts them to. So, wow. like, feel free to steal that with pride. Go yeah. right ahead.
1: How many emails is it? Is it five or six? Let's see.
0: Seven emails.
1: Seven emails. um Yeah, the, these seven emails go out over the course of four weeks, and we front load, I think there's three emails within the first three days, because again, your new member is going to be very excited early on. So, you can send them a little bit more content early on. Yep. And then just slow it down a little bit to get to that pace that's a little bit more manageable. And my favorite email in this, now this is very much for like our community and the way that we think about things and like what our community stands for and, and it's intentional online business owners is we have one email that goes out that's about our expense tracking exercise, mm-hmm. which just seems so weird because it's not really one of the things that someone would think like, I'm joining WAIM so I can learn how to track my expenses. But what we found is that on average, every single person that does that exercise finds at least $100 per month to save Which, guess what? Pays Pays for for their membership. membership. Whoa! And that's such a... Imagine that as someone who buys something from you. In fact,
0: if you have anything related to business, if your membership is at all even tangentially related to business... You
1: sell Canva templates. I don't care. I don't
0: care. Use this email (laughs) and give them an exercise to track their business expenses or look at their business expenses that are recurring and find $100 or whatever the cost of your membership is. And it is such an easy way to then frame it in people's minds that like they basically got this for free because they were going to pay for that other thing already.
1: Yeah, so whatever that thing is that you're doing with your onboarding or your automated email sequence, with every single email, try and have an action they can take and then try and facilitate them to get back into the community. Remind them, hey, go open Slack, go spend 10 to 15 minutes interacting with people and then what I also like to do in those emails is reply back if you're stuck and, and actually we've removed, well, not necessarily that I think they're all still there. We get a lot less replies these days because people aren't stuck anymore. Mm-hmm. We learned through the people replying early on over the course of the first, pretty much like year and a half where they were stuck. And then we built the emails on the back of the sequence that helped them get through those things. Yep. Okay.
0: Those are the emails. Again, you can go to the article to kind of deep dive on that. Um,
1: Three sections left.
0: Step six is just that you have to show up consistently. Yeah. Like there is no passive income part of a membership where people are going to be there thriving. Like the effort you pour into your community is the effort you will get out of it.
1: Yeah. I just think that this is such a myth that people can create recurring income that is passive if you can do it, more power to you. I just I don't think it's possible, especially for the type of community that we run and like we teach online business coaching, which is just something that's a commodity. You can get that from so many different places. So exactly the reason why our community stays thriving and happy and people aren't churning is because we're there. Yeah, and I think that's a a big thing that you can be a differentiator from other things that people pay for is by showing up consistently. Yeah, because we hear from it all the time where people will say like, oh, I bought you know, Z School, or I bought this other program that's not related to anything that actually exists. And they're like, and the person that I thought I was gonna hear from, that was emailing me constantly to get to buy this thing, I never get to hear from. I never get to contact. Right. And so for us, we're available, and and you're probably less available than I am. Caroline yeah. speaking to her directly, um, because that's okay. We've defined that m- my full time job is like, and I like it. You yeah. know, For me, it, it's like it's it's my social network is our Slack community. Yeah. I get value from that.
0: Right. I'm sort of more the creative production, which allow which takes more deep work, which means that I need to spend more time away from constant communication because yeah. I need to create the curriculums, but we're, and we're very open and upfront with people about that so in our coaching sessions we tell people to reach out to Jason not yep. to me um when I do come in slack it feels like if I feel so a validated like a because well, you're just yeah like yeah I'm like yeah. oh hey guys we are like <gasps> Caroline's here you like uh, what, what are my first questions, questions? Yeah. what are my notion <laughs> questions um but it's it's fun because we've defined those roles so that's definitely tip number one is whoever is going to be whether it's you or whether you do uh, are going to have a community manager just make sure that your community knows what that expectation exactly. is exactly. Speaking of expectations, let's talk about boundaries. So we're saying show up consistently, but that doesn't mean that you have to show up 24 seven. It just means you have to decide what, what those boundaries are for you to be available and then to communicate those. So even though Jason said that his, you know, he treats it like his nine to five job, he can well, do- Well, I th-
1: treat it like my full-time job. There's right. a difference. Well, exactly. So yeah. tell
0: them what that means in terms yeah. of your time.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm not in Slack nine to five every single day with it open staring at it. That's right. not what I mean. What I mean is that I spend the, I spend more time being in Slack than I do on anything else that I do for our business. Yeah. And, and that's not any special number of hours. It's just, for me, it's a chunk of time in the morning. I usually just had the app open throughout the day and if I see something that I need to get to, I'll get to it. and if I'm busy doing other stuff, I'll just wait and then I'll kind of like spend another hour going through things. Um, but that is the thing that I spend the most time on and and it shows in our members understanding and knowing that and and we're upfront with them. We don't say we're here for you nine to five. We don't say, Ask a, a question, and we'll get back to you within twenty-four hours. Exactly. They know that we are doing other things, and exactly we're, creating we're stuff human for them. people. The thing that we promise is a monthly live coaching session. That's it. That's it. That yep. is the bare minimum. And so they know they'll get that thing. And then on top of that, when they see us showing up, it's like, especially if you're a celebrity and you roll through (laughs) with that fancy jacket you got on. Yeah. You know, it's exciting and it's fun and it's interesting. So it's just about, like Caroline said, creating those boundaries and then being vocal about those boundaries, especially in the beginning of that onboarding for people to understand, okay, here's what I'm getting into.
0: Also, we're not usually in there on the weekends
1: not almost ever yeah exactly so
0: that's another boundary that we've set where the the expectation is not that we'll be available 24 7 it's like we're human people just like you guys we need some rest time in between and so we choose for the weekends to be that time that we take away and people totally understand that it's a little quieter on the weekends. it's totally fine
1: yeah and i i actually last night i was watching march madness and we were in the final four last night i was recording this and there's just so many commercials during that and i'm just like i don't want to scroll instagram so i'll just (laughs) pop slack open
0: that's your social media of choice right
1: and i'll look at it and then I'm like, oh, there's so many things I could reply to, but I force myself not to because I want to make sure people know that on a Saturday night, I'm not replying and that they can expect that. Yep. And if it's something really super easy and the commercials are like 18 minutes long, sure. Which they are. Yeah, which they are. But for the majority of it, I just go, okay, mark that as unread. Like I just check that and then I can get back to it on the next, you know, on Monday.
0: Yep. One little tip that I also want to just um, quickly say is if you're somebody who's maybe starting out don't um, sleep on this tactic of creating a content calendar of engagement for your Slack community or for oh, your community.
1: Absolutely. I, I think one of the best things you can do if you're feeling like, oh, I don't, especially if you're in the beginning and you're feeling like, I don't know how to create culture. I don't know how to create a thriving community. You have to create prompts. prompts. You have to create uh, the conversation opportunities for people to show up. And so, you know, I think I would say we just got very lucky that we have a very engaged community. But I think that stems from we've always been available over email, through DMs on social media and those different things. So people knew that they could hear from us. So when we started the Slack community, people were already excited and having conversations. Because
0: well, they had an expectation that they would hear from someone back.
1: <laughs> exactly. But for for you, listener, you may not have that expectation built in. So what you should do is definitely have like a two to three times a week question that you're going to ask or thing you're going to share or lesson you're going to talk mm-hmm. about or whatever it is. And and I think I have some ideas in the article that I wrote out, but also you can find community prompt lists just by searching and you can find questions that you can soft pitch out to people.
0: Yep. Okay. Nearing the end here. Number seven, Um, let's talk about building in accountability into your membership community.
1: Yeah. So this was
0: something we kind of stumbled upon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that Anybody who runs a, a paid community that has more than you know 20 members, what you start to realize is people get the most value out of a, a larger community of, let's say, hundreds of people in small groups. Yep. And so those small groups can either be you as the community creator offering up ways for that to happen, and I'll talk about how I do that in a minute, but it can also just be letting people be open to creating their own small groups around different products or like for us, it's coaching sessions and and action items from Mm -hmm. those. And we could do such a better job. If there's one thing that we could absolutely improve in in our community is facilitating the small groups. Mm -hmm. And even like after a coaching session being like, okay, Who's going to work through Notion this month? Start this group together, go create a private channel, and like you guys, you know, get after it. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll check in with you or whatever, but like, we just don't have the time to do that right now. But that happens naturally a lot, which is great. So you can let the community do some of that. Just let them know that that's a thing they can do. Like, Mm -hmm. hey guys, if you want to create private, you know, groups or channels or whatever, you know, start a little thread, set a time for like, hey, everyone, if you want to join, sign up by Friday. And the sign up could just be send me a DM. And then you go off and you run that thing. And then you as the person who kind of like led the charge on that, this is a community member they kind of run that group. And so we've had this happen probably 20 or 30 times, which is great. It just happened recently with uh, Build Without Burnout. So there's a a woman who posted, she was like, does anybody want to go through this with me? And like three people raised their hand. So it was great. So now they're going to have this tiny accountability group and that's awesome because they'll work through this product together. We're not even a part of that. Great. So the other part of this is what we call Momentum Mondays. And so for this, this is where I offer people to send me a DM every Monday and I will respond back. And I essentially give them this three things you worked on last week, let me know how they went. Give me three things you're going to work on this week. And then just overall, let me know how you're feeling. Yep. And this is really where me being a two word tango business coach comes in yep. because Every single one of these people, every Monday, I'm coaching in some capacity. Yeah. It could just be like a rah rah, you did a great job. Here's an emoji that I think is fun to and go along with. And supporting
0: you, and yeah.
1: And some people, it's like a fifteen hundred word response. Yeah. And it it literally is my full Monday, but I feel like this accountability is something that they're not able to get anywhere else, and that they would have to pay a lot of money to get from someone else. And we're doing it included in the price. Yeah. And it we creates- don't even.
0: We don't even really talk about it right. on the sales page. So it's literally like not even an expectation that people have. And I think it's one thing that they're blown away by because it's not even what we sell the membership. on.
1: Yeah, we have, I would say, I think I do this actively right now with 30 members and it fluctuates. It'll get up to like, yeah. I would imagine because we have an email in our, our automated sequence that talks about this momentum money. It's how people find out about it. I'm going to get up to 50 people here pretty quickly. Yeah. It'll whittle back down because people will, you know, they'll get in their own groove, off, and yep. they'll be like, "Hey, I got this," and yep. that's like my favorite because I'm yep. like, "Great, this did its job." Yeah. But then you get other people who've literally been doing this since the beginning. It's like some of them are two years. Yeah. Every single Monday they've been checking in, and. I, they don't even really need me anymore. It's just it's the accountability. It's the accountability
0: they need the external source of saying and, it.
1: And I just am constantly like, "Hey, you don't you don't have to do this if you don't want to." And they're like, "No, this is actually like what I'm happy to pay for at this point." Yeah. And I just love that they have figured out that this accountability really matters to them. So it's a difficult one to offer up some advice on like how you can set that up especially if you're a little bit strapped for time or you're doing this by yourself if you're a a solo biz owner Uh, but it is something where that could be a place where you have a community member who's just like a shining star that could kind of like move into this role of helping do accountability Yeah,
0: or you don't have to check in with every person every monday if that's not gonna but it's the idea here is to remember that Again, people are going to become the best advocates for your community the more that you can facilitate them getting results. So what is going to help them get results? You can give people all the information in the world. We can teach all of the amazing things in these coaching sessions, but people need that extra five, you know, that extra bit of support to get the thing done or get out of their own way to get the thing done. And so it's about figuring out what does that look like for you? It could be just creating some type of system or CRM um with your community like a document or an air table or whatever and saying
1: a notion database excuse notion you. database
0: these are the five people i'm going to check in with on this monday and then the next monday it's five more people and so pick that number but just make sure you are checking in and seeing what people need from you um because that's going to keep them in your community longer and they're going to feel really cared for and that and people that are cared for are going to stay stick around nice nice
1: all right. Are we at the last section we here? We
0: are. <laughs> oh, it's just a quick one. It's just about selling and marketing your paid community. Yeah. Yeah. Super
1: easy. Uh, we'll okay. probably have
0: to do an entire episode on that probably, don't you think?
1: Yeah. So let's just skip it. No, I'm just kidding. Let's give let's give a couple of different things here. Um, when it comes to selling and marketing a paid membership community, for us, what we've landed on that we really like is doing these enrollment periods. Yep. And this is not necessarily the way that we would say works the best for anybody who's running a paid community, but it's the way that works the best for us. We tried doing a monthly like open and close early on, and while it worked, it was a lot of work. Yeah, and it it was
0: a constantly like a shifting of sales mode, not sales mode, sales mode, not sales mode, and there was a lot of switching costs involved there.
1: Yeah, and I think that. I mean, we, we've done open, like, you know, biannual launches of products for years, even before water Aimfully. And we just came back to this because even though it puts, a, you know, it puts a little bit of pressure on these two times per year to open and close things, it just gives you as the business owner so much more control to go, okay, you know, for the eight weeks before my enrollment, I am in marketing and promotion mode and I am trying to get people to know that this is coming and I'm a person and I solve these problems and I'm just available. And then after that, you can kind of just go into, great, now I don't have to think about marketing and promotion. I can just, like, create the content I want, do whatever, but then just take care of my members, deliver the thing I need to deliver to them, and then I'm just running my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when it comes to just thinking about the way that you want to grow your community, it's really about deciding what's going to work best for you. So that's like trying to devise some super fancy evergreen funnel by all means, go ahead. It's just, we have not found that to work for us. And part of that is just because we have a higher priced offering that you're not gonna necessarily sell through a couple emails. Um, so I think that's just like an overall caveat on like the growing and the selling strategy is the open enrollments and just doing like marketing pushes leading up to those things.
0: For sure. Um, I don't think we have time to cover this just because there's a lot we could talk about. But in the article, again, com slash memberships. At the end in part eight, we, we go through three different experiments that we ran of like different ways to try to drum up um, more signups, and I think this is especially helpful in, when you're just like trying to get like in the beginning when you ha- you aren't as established. Like now we're to the point where we've been doing it this way for you know over a year and a half. People kind of know, um, but we did a test drive experience, yep. which allowed people to kind of view a public version of what the membership was—a seven-day trial where people actually got in and then they could choose to pay and then also the first month free so these those are three kind of promotional ideas that we've tried and you can read a little bit about those those are just if you are looking for ideas yeah um, things that you can try as well
1: yeah I think the other thing uh, just to kind of settle on here when we talk about selling a paid membership community is that it takes a lot more to get someone to commit to Keep that open because the last section has some how to avoid failure thing, which I want to touch on. Oh, okay. Um, Caroline was putting our notes away, and I was not ready for our mm-hmm. notes to be put away. Uh, is It's going to take more to sell someone on paying for a recurring thing than it does to pay for just a one-time thing. So you have to know as the community owner that when it comes to selling your paid membership, it's going to take probably more selling than you're used to or than you're comfortable with. And so for us we just have really tried to figure out okay you know we get into the selling mode and then we just feel okay because it's like we're like flipping a switch mm-hmm. and then after that we can dial that back but we know that when we're in our open enrollment period we have to be selling we have to be promoting the things that people get we can't just say doors are open and then 2 weeks later send an email that says doors are closed people will not buy. It doesn't work that way. So yes, you're going to probably have to send more emails. Yes, you're going to have to post more stuff on social. Yes, you're going to have to create more content to sell your membership. But just remember, you're probably getting more lifetime value from a customer who's on recurring money, and you're getting more predictable income. So that kind of short-term pain of having to sell more is just a reality of running a membership community. Great. Okay. Um,
0: I think the part that you wanted to end on was basically the seven different things like seven different mistakes that we've seen other people make about um what what leads to their membership not thriving okay so these are like seven things to avoid um building a community of people that you don't actually want to hang out with and help
1: oof yeah i mean this is just one of those that you this is why we have our social justice section right by our buy buttons now on our sales page this is why we try and be very transparent with our beliefs and our values
0: I, you're kind of skipping ahead to number three oh, no it's okay i think what you're saying there is like oh i want to build a membership community for yoga instructors and then it's like you don't even do yoga anymore and you don't really have and you don't anything
1: even in, like yoga instructors
0: right you don't even know yeah. you're so sorry, it's just yeah, it's just ahead. realizing that the target audience for a community is going to be a group of people that you're going to be hanging out with. So make sure that you're thoughtful about who that target audience is. And I think is.
1: our example is we don't really help people who are brand new business owners. That's
0: a great example.
1: Yeah. We want established business owners who have been doing something, they understand business and they might just need some help. We don't want to help people from scratch, like learn how to set up a WordPress site. Yeah, like it's just, just not realized our jam. That,
0: yeah, exactly. We've realized that it's, it's, uh, more frustrating for us than it's worth at this point in our journey. So that's okay. Number two is um, building a community around one product, which can get very boring over time.
1: Yeah. And so this, the example that we give in the post of the fictitious business, one of the courses in that business is like an Asana course. And I think that we've heard of this from, we've heard this from other people where they've joined other programs that are like, let's just say it's like an Asana community and you get in there and you're like, okay, but like I'm kind of bored of just talking right. about Asan all the time. Like, there's no other things you're to get super about. excited
0: in the beginning because right. you're excited about the thing, and it's solving a, such a specific problem. So you're there, but then you just fall off because you're like. There's nowhere else to go.
1: Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that we love about our community is that there are so many different conversations that can be had about online business. And there are so many things that just in normal lives that people can talk about that feel appropriate for the community we built.
0: Yep. Number three is what you were touching on before, which is building a community whose uh, core values... Um,
1: match yours.
0: Don't match yours. Like if you don't yeah. early on, draw your lines in the sand on what... Will and will not fly in your community, you risk attracting people who really don't jive with the most. And we're not talking about like groupthink where it's like everybody has right. to have the same beliefs, right. but like core things. Like if you don't say, hey, we are actively pursuing anti racism and we will not tolerate racism in our community, if you don't say that explicitly, if you don't use the words white supremacy explicitly, right. explicitly Down the road, you are going to find yourself with people who have been in the woodwork, who are people who may not align with those basic uh, core values about treating people with dignity, and it's going to be very complicated. Not to mention, it's going to be potentially harmful to
1: other members. Other members, which is
0: something that we want to avoid at all costs. So, um, you know, a big, I guess that's the mistake. The way to rectify it is just very early on, be open and honest about the things that are non-negotiable for you. Um, Racism will not be tolerated. Unkindness will not be tolerated. Um,
1: Like being at a level above other people. Right. Talking down
0: other people will not be tolerated. Every single coaching session, we go over our core values for the community. And it's a, it's the same every time, but it's a moment to kind of reflect on and bring it back to what we are what we as the leaders are saying is not tolerated and so that's the one that's one tactic is going over your core values every time that you're on some sort of live um but also like jason said putting some sort of message by your buy button saying hey if you're not down with these things like another thing is like if you are not cool with us talking about quote-unquote politics when politics just means human rights right do not do not enter your credit card information and that is a way to attract the right kind of people that you want to share
1: it's also how you get a really good thriving community because everyone joins on the same and
0: everyone feels safe system everyone everyone feels safe enough to to chat because they're they're not wading into this unknown group of people exactly being like oh somebody gonna come out like something awful happens in the world is somebody gonna come in here and have this like weird you know thing that's gonna be harmful like no um
1: Number five? Four.
0: Four. Um, people not understanding that you have to show up for your community a lot in order to succeed.
1: Yeah, I just think that we've said this multiple times. And if you think that building a paid community could be a recurring passive income funnel, you are in for a surprise. It is not going to work that way. So yeah. just understand that. Understand the time that you would need to put in or that you might need to hire someone to like help facilitate and run that. And that's a commitment you have to make. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, they don't try enough marketing promotion and sales ideas. So not understanding that experimentation is such a key part of a membership. You're going to have to try so many different things to get people to understand what you do and to get people to, to, um, feel confident enough trying it out or, or, you know, eventually buying.
1: Yeah. And I think for us, what we we've learned over time is that selling wandering aimfully is an evergreen product it's very difficult mm-hmm. and granted in the past year and a half we have not spent much time experimenting but in the first year we spent a lot of time experimenting and it just didn't work and it was too much time spent for not enough results whereas now we just pour all of our effort into these two enrollment periods and it works and so i think for you it's just trying to figure out you're gonna have to do more marketing you're gonna have to do more promotion could you figure out an evergreen way to sell your membership absolutely is it probably going to take a long time with a lot of different trial and error absolutely so just be open to that we're
0: not quitting trying that by the way like we're working on that all the time but just know going into it that experimentation is going to be key um number six trying to pass their community management off to someone that they can pay hourly who doesn't have their experience so we've heard this from a couple of people who have tried other programs and communities where they're like I mean, I know we mentioned this before, but they're like, I really thought, like, I really thought I was buying into this person who had this experience. And then I just got some like, you know, TA basically. Right.
1: yeah. And I think the the difference there is that like, if if you're a person who sells a membership community and you don't have the mental energy to show up and do all the things, and you find someone who can do all the things for you, who has the experience, who has the knowledge, who understands what you can do, the difference is you don't just, Bait and switch someone once they join to now meet this person. You put that person on the sales page with you, and you exactly. say like, "Hey, I'm going to be creating the curriculums every month. I'm going to be around for like whatever's like My office, office hours. hours, exactly." But Suzanne, your
0: day to day is going to be Suzanne, and, and she, she's going to this be is there.
1: They're they're going to be there, and that's who you're gonna see all the time and like here's their credentials and here's what they've done and here's why i trust them and that creates an environment where someone goes oh okay cool like i bought this thing because caroline was on the you know she's the one that sells it but suzanne looks awesome too like i really resonate with her so that is a really important part of of figuring this out and and i just think that it's it's the classic thing in online business where everyone wants it to be as simple as possible and as easy as possible and as turnkey and passive and You have to make sure that you're really upfront in explaining to a community member if you're not going to be there, why you're not going to be there.
0: Yeah, which just feeds into the last one, which is a mistake that people make is just not showing up consistently and authentically. Yeah you it's a community like don't even do it if you are only doing it to make money with as little effort as possible
1: yeah i just i think this is such a fallacy in the online business world and we've talked about it before and we'll probably have future episodes on it but this idea that you can just create like a set it and forget it business and like make all the recurring money in the world i think there are a certain amount of people who figure out some way that that happens and it works for them and congratulations to them I just don't think for the 97% of us that it is realistic to do that. And so I think if you just acknowledge that and you understand that, that, you're going to set yourself up for success knowing you're going to put in work, you're going to get results from that work and you're going to run a business you like and enjoy.
0: Yeah. And then you're going to prioritize making sure that the work that you are doing on a day-to-day basis is work that you enjoy right? because you know that you're never going to like somehow go get in this off ramp. That's going to mean you're not working every day. Yeah.
1: And again, we've done 20 or we will do our 20th coaching session now this month and we still really enjoy doing them. Yeah. Is it a lot of work? Absolutely, it's a lot of work. But we really like doing that work and we know that our members like getting that product from us.
0: Totally. Woo! Woo!
1: Woo! Uh, all right, it's well. Easy. That wraps up the uh, the hopefully helpful part of this. warninginfo.com/ slash memberships. If you want to just like bookmark that thing, send it to some friends, share it out. Uh, anybody that you know that wants to start a community or if you have your own email list or whatever and you're like hey if anybody's thinking about starting a community I don't want to write an article these yahoos did go read it share that but now let's transition into movies, <laughs> you know, movies. Talk about movies? sure this was a pretty good one I think so after a dud last week I think we recovered well
0: I think so we, um, we went to our tried and true just like action yeah you know, like-
1: second movie don't say what it is what's your rating of it because we know our oh we didn't do one. our ratings I know. what's your rating of it
0: Seven point
1: five. Really? The second one? As high as the first one?
0: Wait, what did we watch second? Oh no. Seven point five is the first one. Yes. Okay, my second one? This is
1: very cryptic, but we'll explain Mm -hmm. in a second. Six. I was gonna say six too. Great job. All right, so the movies that we watched are Volcano and J3, aka Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. Three. three, which is just called Jurassic Park three. Yeah. Yeah. With the claw marks. With though, the claw marks. The three claw marks. Yeah. All right. So, Volcano, I had never seen this movie. I've never seen Dante's Peak. I've never seen any- We're going to
0: have to watch Dante's Peak next week because yeah. there was a lot of shots fired in the trivia about <laughs> the dueling 1997 Volcano movies yeah, yeah, yeah. known as Volcano. They were built in 1997?
1: Oh, you bet. Oh, you bet they great. were. This is great. You bet
0: they were. And then like, we were reading the trivia on Volcano, which is what we do on IMDb. Every time we watch one of these movies, we yeah. read the trivia. And it was like multiple yeah. entries were like- some people say that the character development wasn't quite as good as it was for the other nice. 1997 volcano nice. movie, Dante's Peak. Nice. It was like 12 entries like that, yeah. and I was like, "Who is this director of Dante's Peak coming in this trivia?" <laughs> All
1: right, so I, I had never seen—I've never seen a disaster movie with a volcano, apparently, because uh, I've never seen either the Dante's Peak or Volcano. I didn't know what I was getting into going in. You were
0: just—where were you, 1997?
1: I was in. In high school, being uh okay. getting my tattoo. Getting
0: your tattoo. Okay, volcano. It really was nineteen ninety seven. You really missed no, the I volcano was, was, craze right. of nineteen ninety-seven. I
1: really did. Uh Tommy Lee Jones is the lead of this movie. Don Cheadle is the supporting oh, guys, lead.
0: Can we give a second for Don Cheadle?
1: He's fantastic. He, he's like thirteen he is years old. One in this of movie. the best
0: actors of our generation. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. the way this this small part in this volcano movie is like he's basically like the deputy to yeah. this like emergency worker, Tommy Lee Jones. But he, he like kinda wants Tommy Lee Jones his job. Yeah. But like the way that he delivers these lines it's great. that I'm like any other actor would uh, there would be no way that they could deliver this in such a natural Very and also natural. slightly comedic way. Yeah. God, give it up for Don Cheadle.
1: QQ, do you like sports movies?
0: I, I do tend to like sports movies.
1: Okay. Don Cheadle's in a movie called Rebound, which is about <gasps> Earl the Goat Manigault, which is like a, he's a real person that Oh, really. In, in, Passed away um
0: a basketball movie
1: yeah but it, I think it's one of Don Cheadle's first roles okay
0: yeah put it on the list okay
1: yeah I think it'd be a good one and I bet you the majority of people listening to this have never heard honestly, of it
0: honestly Don Cheadle alone would get me to watch okay movie. great fantastic.
1: I, I love the movie I think it's great okay um so anyway Don Cheadle Tommy Lee Jones for how
0: much I hate sports I mean I don't hate sports yeah. let me just say but yeah. I just am not interested yeah sports movies I know
1: well that's what, yeah and this one's a lot of like backstory like
0: you know I love the triumphant kind yeah. of oh
1: that's what? maybe why I like this movie. Anyway. Uh, it's
0: sad. Jason, it's sad.
1: <laughs> what did you yell at me does that he we die? watched? What did you yell at me that we watched that something sad happened? Oh, Rocky? My God. Was it Rocky 4? Yeah. It was Rocky oh, when IV. his friend,
0: I go, does yeah. his friend? And oh, I was so mad yeah. at you because 15 minutes into in yeah. the movie, this character that I've, the only like <laughs> emotional attachment I've made to that movie, yeah. and then he
1: passes on. Yeah, that's what happens when people die. I just was so, you know, so mad at in you. In movies and in life. Anyway, Volcano, uh, just so you guys, real quick rundown of the movie. There's some earthquakes in Los Angeles. They turn out to be more than earthquakes. Volcano, a volcano erupting the Brea in Tar Pits, uh, Wilshire Boulevard, a lot of action over there and in And Tommy Lee
0: has to figure out how to he's save the arrange, city. He's
1: got to arrange the buses. He's got to arrange hey, the concrete hey, blocks. Spoiler alert. I'm just saying he's got to arrange stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, the What's your standout moment of the movie?
0: Um... Wait, what was that moment where I was like, whoa, I actually just got emotional? What was it? I mean, there's no question for me. What what is it for you? It's
1: when Stan is carrying the guy. Stan, yeah. Yeah. And there's a moment where what you think might happen is more than what happens. Yeah. Or what happens is more than what you think. I
0: I just remembered. No, yeah. yeah, Stan was great. Yeah. Remember the speech that Tommy Lee Jones gives where they're trying to come up with this plan. Yeah. And they're running out of time. Yeah. And he spreads out the map yeah. on the. Everyone's like running around like chaos at this yeah. point. He spreads the map out on the hood of the car and he gives this like little speech to all the emergency workers around him. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. This is what we're going to do. And if anybody else has a better idea, fine, come tell me. But. Otherwise this, is, otherwise, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And like, it gave me chills, and I almost cried because I was like, they just needed a leader. Yeah, like Everyone absolutely. was just scared and also, chaos, and they just needed somebody to step up and say, we can do this.
1: You also know that that's my MO, too, is like, I'm okay if anybody has any other ideas. Just don't just come don't to me. Just don't come
0: to me with problems. With problems. I need I'm not, solutions. I'm not interested.
1: You can come to me with a problem, but bring a solution as did well. Did you identify
0: with Tommy Lee Jones' character? Because I sure did. You, that was you. That would, would be you. Well,
1: I don't know if that would be me. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would be Don Cheadle. Right. Orchestrating and cool and calm and collected with some comedic humor back at the uh, headquarters. Yeah. HQ.
0: HQ. You Volcano need HQ. You HQ
1: guy. Volcano HQ. <laughs> uh, anyway, this movie, uh, one fun fact about it is that it costs like 90 some odd million dollars. Guys,
0: too much money for it. 90 some made. odd million
1: dollars. When you watch it, you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess I could see that in 97 with like the amount of scenes. And
0: like, I don't know how they did that demolition and like all well, that stuff. that's what we're stuff. saying. And, and, and yeah, the, that. the CGI, the lava.
1: But unfortunately, it only made like $110 million. I think eight hundred twenty-two. Which, if anything, like it's it's a profitable movie, but definitely not like that style of movie. Yeah. And, and my assumption is is that Tommy Lee Jones, listen, great actor. Don Cheadle, almost an unknown actor at that time, like very like we know him now, and we're like Don Cheadle is amazing. I think the reason that movie didn't do as well is just because Tommy Lee Jones is not a main character to like carry an entire movie.
0: Well. That's probably what the movie executive said too. And you know what? You, Tommy Lee (laughs) Jones' agent, tried to prove them wrong and then the box office numbers came out. And 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 you're like, you know what? You still made thirty million dollars, so shove it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. Plus we paid them four bucks. So how much of that does Tommy get?
0: Thirty cents.
1: Nice. Good job. You're welcome, Tommy. Tommy. Thanks for listening, Tommy. Uh, all right, that's volcano. Would definitely recommend. We both gave it seven point five. Yeah, I'll be honest.
0: If you have anxiety, it gave me a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. It's not in like
1: around a couple yeah, times. Yeah, not
0: in like a I'm afraid of a volcano erupting under yeah. my feet, but it's sort just, of like, tension. There's, tension. there's tension. There's chaos. It was very chaotic. It's a
1: child who runs rampant. Yeah, yeah. So
0: it it was a little unsettling.
1: Yeah. But just like, you know, watch it on like a Saturday morning then not a Saturday night. Yeah. You know, when you're like fuller. Okay, so 7.5, definitely recommend. Great movie. Yeah. I, I will admit like that's I you wish I would have watched that one so I could have like watched it again and like had all the context. Yeah. All right. J three, Jurassic Park three. Uh Here's the thing about this movie for me, okay. real quick. The first Jurassic Park is just so good.
0: It is very good. It is so good. It's a good. classic.
1: It's just like it's everything the right about mixture it. Everything about it. There's nothing I would change.
0: Character development, there's the right mixture of... It's a 10.
1: It's a 10. Yeah. It's 100% a 10. J2 is like... You know what it is? Here's... Hold on. Okay, hold on.
0: but I want to give yeah, my yeah, assessment that's after. That's what we're here
1: for. <laughs> J2 is like... I think I said it was like a 5 or like a 4... And the only reason why it's not worse than that is because Zaddy has a performance in it, Jeff Goldblum, that's comedic and, like, carries the entire movie. Like, he really carries that entire movie. Without him, that movie is just straight garbage, right? J3 is, like, those two movies had, a, ba- had a baby
0: ba- yeah absolutely it's
1: exactly what it is because you also read about in the trivia it's like a bunch of leftover scenes from the first movie yeah got thrown in the third movie and you can just tell that you're like oh this is like kind of the same thing that we did in the first one but like a little bit better anyway that's my quick the, assessment J- i do rate it higher than the second one i just want to say that
0: me too j3 is the type of movie that reminds me like how hard it is to make movies and be a director yeah. because you're like I can't. I mean, if I really thought about it, I could probably break it down and figure out what the difference between one and three and why it's so different. But you're like, objectively, like, not like very similar things are happening, like dinosaurs and people. <laughs> but you're like, why do these movies feel so different? Yeah. Um, J1, I think what it is. I love that
1: no one in the no history one of the history ever has call them J1. J1, J2, yeah. J3. J1
0: is because it wasn't trying to be a blockbuster, right? In my opinion. I think it was trying to be a thriller like a drama a thriller with dinosaurs
1: with some dinosaurs with some dinosaurs right? yeah.
0: okay but it's like the story and the plot and like the car- the people the actors okay j2 um it was it's the it's the comedy version of one. They're and like,
1: was, and it was definitely trying to be a blockbuster. It was trying to be more yeah. of a
0: blockbuster, so it's like bigger. But they really went the like comedy blockbuster route, and to me, it didn't exactly land. A lot of cheesy dialogue, yeah. a lot of like kind of dumbing down for the audience.
1: Very much in the first and, ten and minutes, and th- that we're is about a this. very
0: strong contrast between the first one. The first one is not dumbing down for the audience. Like right. you have to fit. You're like, okay, they did this. These island. are dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I just mean like, yeah. Well, know. they also
1: don't show you a dinosaur for like a while. I I right? know, like but also
0: the backstory of like the the amber and the mosquito yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like you really do have yeah. to piece some stuff together. Yeah. I mean, there is that whole scene of like the animatronic guy well, who's like sure. doing some yeah, yeah, yeah. expository, yeah. whatever. But the second one, they went the comedic route. I don't think it Animated totally landed
1: not animatronic. Animated like It was animated. I did
0: mean animatronic because in amusement parks a lot of times that is animatronic. Yeah. But it was animated. It was animated. Yeah, yeah. And then J three, I feel like they tried to go blockbuster, like superhero movie blockbuster, sort of before that existed. Everything bigger, everything more CGI, everything crazier, like angles.
1: I just realized I I believe I can sum up what J three is.
0: What's up?
1: J3 is if sci-fi made Jurassic Park, the network sci-fi. Like you know sci fi movies sure, yeah, yeah, where you yeah. watch a sci fi movie, right. you're like
0: that feels right. I mean,
1: this wasn't the worst movie I've ever watched, but like also like They're wow, really trying to go for it. Wish they would have had some more money to like make this movie. Yeah. That's how Jurassic really. Parts I don't think feels. it
0: was the movie. I don't think it was the money. I, I think it was the opposite to me. It felt like they threw too much money at it. No, because the,
1: I told you throughout, like, the cinematography was even bad. It's just like cheesy cinematography stuff. Well,
0: I know, but that's what I'm saying is I think the cheese came from trying to be the blockbuster appeal to everyone thing. Yeah. To me, like j1 feels more like oh gritty steven spielberg like yeah. like uh, you know the indie version i yeah, know it yeah, wasn't yeah, the indie yeah. version but like it feels like the more indie version scrappier. of this scrappier than and more like what's the word they call very toss like more real than it's almost like
1: one. j1 is like a good sharp reserve cheddar cheese like a, just a good like four dollar block of cheese
0: j3, j3 slice of american
1: no 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 j3 is like a Forty dollar block of some type of like cheese that's been aged for like three hundred years, and you take a bite and you are like, it's, "It's not even that good." Like, right. I just want the sharp reserve cheddar. Right, that one's good.
0: J two slice of American cheese, just slice of American <laughs>
1: cheese, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, hey, try Doesn't to be cheese, <laughs> but you are not cheese. Uh, would you recommend watching J three though? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think these two movies back to back are a great pairing. Uh, if you want to throw some yeah. reserve sharp think, cheddar in I with them and a bottle pairing. of your favorite uh, wine, great night out. Great. Yeah. Or Night In, actually.
0: Yeah, and they, had, right. they had some good action. Those are yeah. our
1: movie reviews for our two movies. Uh, so next week we might be watching Rebound. And Dante's, and Dante's Peak. peak. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of excited I know about you are. Them. I know you are. I like the movie. Uh, we'll,
1: we'll keep you guys tuned uh, because for those of you who make it this far into these episodes and you look forward to the movie reviews, we appreciate you because when we asked you if you wanted movie reviews, you guys came out and you said you did. So we're giving them to you. Here we are. Uh, all right. Last little housekeeping note. If you want to leave a review for this podcast, we would love for you to do that, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's our number one podcast listenership is there. Head on over there. Uh, only five star reviews, please. We don't accept any stars more th- or less than that. Yeah. I don't want six stars. That's too much. In That's fact, way too much. It's over the that. top. Don't yeah. do that. But just leave like a comment. Like literally pretend like you're leaving us a comment for this episode yeah. as your review. That's fantastic. That's all we're looking for here.
0: Are you here for the movie reviews? Are you here for the business advice? Are you here for the prambles? Are you here for all three?
1: Yeah. Uh, you let I'd us love know. to know. Yeah. Uh, leave, leave a little comment. Leave a little review on Apple Podcasts.
0: cinnamon Loller, I would love a cinnamon Loller shout out. The fact that you shout out to, to all the cinnamon Lollers, If you could include that in your review just so that Jason could know that people <laughs> find <laughs> Don't it Don't you
1: do it. Great. Don't you do it, you Wayne Lurkers. Please, <laughs> Please. Hey, Uh the fact that you have to keep pandering
0: I'm not pandering. cinnamon Lollers, I'm not pandering. Shows. Pandering to you.
1: It shows. All right, everybody. Hope you had a great uh, time listening to this and we'll be back next week with another episode. See ya. Bye.